Welcome back to the Tipsy Tailgate podcast. I'm Aiden. I'm Ben. And uh, we've got the NFL playoff special for you guys coming back after last week. Um, we're now heading into the divisional round um, following this wild card round, super wild card round. Um, lived up to the expectations, I'd say for sure. Um, I would say surpassed expectations, at least for uh, me personally. Yeah, this, I mean, between the Chargers blowing that lead, yep. between the Dolphins almost coming back to win that game, the Giants and Vikings game was a thriller through and through. Same can be said for the Ravens, Bengals, mm-hmm. and then kind of the Brady Cowboys dethroning uh, that happened on Monday night. So, who, really, who would have thought coming into the weekend? I understand that the Bucks like really aren't like a great team at all, they're not good at all, but. Who would have thought that the worst game of the weekend would have had the greatest football player of all time and the most popular team in America? Who would have thought that that would be the stinker of the week? Yeah, I terrible. Mean, you're right. You're completely right. Um, but let's let's go over. We're gonna touch on the obviously the divisional round. The uh, Chiefs Jags are playing at four thirty on Saturday. Uh, Saturday night is the Giants-Eagles. That should be a great game. Bengals-Bills at 3 on Sunday, and then 6.30 is the Cowboys-49ers. Before we touch on those, we're going to go through the wild card round, as I just told you. Um, what we saw, what we did, what we expected, um, kind of just the overview there. So let's start with the Seahawks-49ers, uh, first game of the week. What do you think, Ben? Um, it was a really good game in the first half, obviously. Uh, I believe that the Seahawks... They were up 17, 16 and a half, right? Um, but, I mean, I thought Geno Smith looked good um, in his first playoff start. I thought he played actually very well, given the defense that he was going up against. He made a few really big throws. Um, but it definitely ended how I think people thought it would. The The Niners showed that they were the better team down the stretch. Uh, one thing I do want to touch upon, though, is Brock. we saw Brock pretty struggle a bit in the first half. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to struggle in the future, I'm just saying let's keep an eye on that because he looked like shit in the first half. He had he had three or four balls that could have easily been picked, um, but he he turned it around in the, in the second half. Uh, credit to him, obviously, after being down at halftime too, so that was impressive. But first half was a little shaky for Purdy. Agreed. Um, you know, whether we talked about this before, but whether that was <clears throat> the – uh, rain, the downpour, the wind mm-hmm. um, being a factor, at least in the first half. Or, nerves in your first playoff game. Exactly, or the nerves, whether, whether it's one or the other. Either way, you could definitely see he wasn't fully comfortable for the first time, maybe in his career. Yeah. Um, but a thing with the Seahawks there, I mean, they played really well in the first half. Um, halftime was basically the worst thing for them. You yeah. know, going into halftime, they lost their momentum. They lost, um, you know, kind of that urgency that they had Kenneth Walker had a great uh start to the game couldn't really do much from then finished with 63 yards and a touchdown DK Metcalf had a great game but other than that I mean the second they got to the second half scoring stopped um I believe they only scored six more points after Mm -hmm. that right yep and um for the 49ers at least you know everything just kind of the usual happened uh McCaffrey started bursting off on runs Debo Samuel might be the most the hardest player to tackle in the league um he's definitely he went for yeah he went for six 133 and a touchdown receiving 32 yards rushing I mean he's 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 a utility knife he does everything talented um and on top of that you know Kittle didn't really have a huge factor in that game but I mean you could you pair him with Debo Ayuk McCaffrey and and you're just trying to tackle these guys. I mean, I tweeted that I don't know if I'm out of pocket by saying it because, you know, I am younger and I haven't experienced all of the football that's been played over the years. But I think this 49ers team might have the greatest set of players that have ever been able to be assembled together in terms of uh, yards after the catch. Like I haven't, I've never seen a team where, they get hit, slip, hit, slip. Like you saw it with like the Patriots with Gronk and like Edelman, you know, they get by, you see it with like certain teams like Kelsey and then Tyree kill, but Debo Samuel might be the best 
you know, yards after catch guy of the generation. George Kittle might be the best yards after catch tight end of the generation. Um, I think he has, he's on pace to break records in terms of yards for catch. If he doesn't have them already, uh, we all know what McCaffrey can do. I mean, Ayuk's a great talent. You got Elijah Mitchell there. I just feel like every time they get, I mean, I don't know if it was a Seahawks bad tackling. I mean, I've seen 49ers games in the past and I've noticed this, but it was emphasized there. I mean, I wish I had the stat in front of me where how many missed tackles or broken tackles they had, because I'm sure it would be outrageous. But yeah, in in playoff football, especially, you know, the run game is important. They do that better than maybe anyone left. And um, making plays when you do catch the ball, having playmakers, very important as well. Look what they could do, not to mention their defense and their rookie quarterback that's playing unreal um besides basically the first half of last game yeah just to just to add on what to to what you were saying uh plays after the catch uh yards after the catch rather it's very similar to what the greatest show on turf used to do and what Peyton Manning's Broncos used to do a lot of screens but they would just rip it right up the field because they have such a great blocking scheme so I think that's another huge part of it that people um maybe haven't given the proper due to um but I agree with you 100 this team is insane uh, the talent at every position. Um, I think it could easily be the best team I've seen in the NFL since like the 2014 Patriots or the 2013 Seahawks. Like, I think they're that good of a team. I agree. I mean, can you just imagine if if this team, you know, had one of the top five to ten quarterbacks in the league? Like, imagine what yeah. this and I mean right now who knows what Purdy's ceiling is because he is playing amazing so that's uh yet to be seen uh now to the next game you know the other Saturday game Jags Chargers and uh boy was this one crazy yeah Chargers got out to a 27 point lead um blew it complete utter disaster scored three points in the second half uh no points in the fourth quarter while the Jags scored 13 in the third third quarter and then 11 in the fourth. They win the game 31-30. I kind of – so I in the video that I posted, the last video on the channel, I said that I think the Chargers will be able to pull off the miracle last-second field goal that they've missed so many times in the past and yeah. kind of change their luck. Um, and I like the Chargers plus 2.5 for that reason – or the Jags plus 2.5 for that reason – the opposite happened. Mm-hmm. Chargers, uh, Jags win. Chargers aren't the one kicking the field goal at the end. It's ja- it's Jags. They do. They end the game. Um, and what a comeback! What was that? The third best, the third uh, biggest comeback in playoff history. I believe so. Something like that. Yeah, third so. or second. And I mean, you got to give Trevor Lawrence's due. <laughs> Maybe the rough, the most rough start to a playoff. That was the worst start to a playoff game I've ever seen in my life. It looked like they were going to lose by 50. Yeah, it was legitimately every pass he threw was it was, was getting intercepted. It was unbelievable. I um, I have never seen a guy play that poorly followed by playing that great later in the game. As poorly as he played in the first what, five drives, he played that great in the second half. It was, it was incredible to watch. I mean, completely the 47 47 attempts um and ETN again, you know, 109 yards rushing. Evan Ingram proving to be maybe one of the best signings of the offseason. He's a stud. He is an yeah. absolute stud. And we thought that that was the case for the Giants, and he completely yeah. flopped. Goes here, revitalizing. Honestly, if I, it might be a little bit of a reaction, but if I had to give out Executive of the Year award, it would definitely be close. There's a couple of teams, but I think the Jags get it. Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones are all three additions, three brand new additions on top. Brandon Sher- uh, Sheriff, um, and uh, and Foy uh, Olakun, Olak, uh, yeah Olakun. Um, those they brought in those five guys, maybe a couple more as well. But and Ingram's been one of the better tight ends in the year. Christian yep. Kirk has become a star receiver, basically a number one. Zay Jones is a filthy number two or three. Um, and then Sherry, everyone knows who how good Sheriff is. Um, and then I mean Foyer uh of I think it's Olukan, 
from the Falcons, led the Falcons and the league in tackles last year, goes to the Jags, leads the league in tackles again. It blows my mind how he's so underrated still, and he's nobody really knows um, his name. But this guy's going to be a household name soon, uh, future depoy, I think, uh, potentially. But good for the Jags. I mean, finally. You know? It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible to watch. Um, one thing I do want to touch on, I understand that they blew a, what, a 20-point lead in the second half. This game was not Justin Herbert's fault. Anyone who's trying to say that you have to put over, honestly, I would say over 30% of blame on Herbert, I think you're an idiot. They ran the ball seven or eight times in the second half. How do you run the ball? I'm pretty sure it's negative six, negative six rushing yards. I think in the second half, I believe. Even if you're losing yards, you're killing time off the clock, and you're gonna take like six or seven minute drives. And if you have two of those in the second half, up by twenty, and you finish at least one of them with a field goal, it's probably gonna work out that you win. Even if you only win by one score, you're likely gonna win if you eat some clock and kick at least one or two field goals in the second half. So that's some of the worst coaching I've ever seen by Brandon Staley. Like, absolutely horrendous. I'm pretty sure I saw that they threw, like, 10 incompletions and only ran the ball eight times. So you had a ratio of 10 to 8 on incomplete passes to rush attempts in the second half when you were up by three scores. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. What What are you doing if you're Brandon Staley? How does Justin Herbert end the game with 43 pass attempts when you're up by 20 going into the second half? You should end that game with 27 pass attempts max at the absolute maximum. So I, I think Staley should lose his job. Obviously yeah. they fired the offensive coordinator already, but I think they should clean house completely in LA. I was going to say, does it blow your mind that Staley's still staying? It's unbelievable that he still has a job to me. I think it's a joke. Uh, obviously you never want to call for someone's job. Like I'm, I'm not trying to like take food off of someone's table. Like that's just messed up. But how do you have a head coaching job in the NFL? He knows defense. He's a great defensive coordinator. He's clearly not a head coach if he's making decisions like that. Uh, I mean, it's funny too because like you call him like like he's <clears throat> he's former DC of the Rams mm-hmm. comes over here, and you know the defense wasn't anything extraordinary. They get Joey Bosa oh. back, and Bosa kind of goes off the rails this game, costs his team a couple penalties. Now, okay. with that said, I do want to mention. Um, the offsides that they called on him, BS, that was yeah. not offsides. There were some horrible calls that yeah. they called on him, and then they but, didn't give him some, some yeah. egregious holding calls against him. Holdings, of course, and then later in the game on that touchdown, um, it was a false start. They didn't call anything. Mm-hmm. He got the penalty, which made them go for two. The Jags go for two, and they got the two-point two conversion. But, like, it's a tough line to teeter because – you know, you feel bad that he's getting, you know, just screwed with these calls, but at the same time, you know, you have to control your aggression. Right. It's kind of a tough, tough situation there, but it just, it's the classic chargers meltdown. If I'm the owner of the chargers, I am moving this franchise again. We're going to like Wyoming and we're (laughs) renaming the team. We're tearing down new logo. We're changing the entire thing. Change everything. 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 Because <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. But also, to add on to the Bosa point, Aiden, how much of that do you think stems from coaching? I think a lot. You clearly don't that. respect your coach or the punishments that are coming for acting that way on the field. You clearly don't respect him or his rules or both. Because, I mean, you're not going to do that in a playoff game with your yeah. team season on the line. And you – you don't give you clearly do not give a fuck what your coach is going to say to you when you come back to the sideline after doing some dumbass shit like that. And he did it, and I'm pretty sure Staley talked to him, told him to told him to chill, told him to chill. Yep. And then he did it again later in the yep. game. So didn't go through. He clearly it. does not harbor respect from anyone in that room. If I would argue your best defensive player, I, I think he's still their best. Obviously, yeah. he battles injuries a lot, but Absolutely. I think still their most talented defensive player right now. I mean, if he's acting like that, the rest of the team's going to act like that. So I, I think that they need to find some some new blood in that locker room, um, find a new head coach. I think Sean Payton uh, would be a perfect fit there. 
I know obviously he wants to go to Dallas, but depending on what Dallas does this week, who knows if that job's going to open up. I want Sean Payton to coach Justin Herbert in LA. I think it'd be a perfect match. So another thing on Sean Payton, while <clears throat> while we're talking on it already, um, he's very close with Colin Cowherd now. They're on their show, mm-hmm. each other's um, on Colin Cowherd's show, The Herd, basically every day, every week at right. least. And, um, you know, you could pick up, so we're both big Colin Coward fans, and you could tell when he has a friend somewhere, um, he's not very good at hiding, like, information. Oh, yeah. No, he uh, loves to brag about having information. Oh, yeah. He like, link, the whole Lincoln-Riley thing with USC, yeah. all over that. That's all you talk about. He would, mm-hmm. my buddy Lincoln, my buddy, like, all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, And he's doing that with Peyton, and I've been watching almost basically every minute of the show the past couple of weeks just to try to see if I could pick up on something. It seems like he's completely giving out the exa- the idea that Sean Payne's very interested in a, an established uh, head coach and doesn't want a complete quarterback or not, sorry, an established owner and doesn't want a complete rehaul, like rebuild at running uh, at quarterback. Yeah, And yeah. he keeps pushing the Broncos and Denver and how they have, you know, ownership, rich owners, um, rich blood. And then they're, they're going to Russell Wilson, who knows? I mean, he's a, he's potentially a hall of famer. Yep. It seems like Sean Payton might be leaning to the Broncos. If Colin Cowherd is really that bad at keeping a poker face, who knows though? Who knows? I don't, if I'm Sean Payton, I would rather be in San Diego and Dallas over Denver. I, I want nothing to do with Russell Wilson right now. If anyone can fix him, it's Sean Payton. But at the same time, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm trying to get back into coaching. I think there are far more surefire uh, opportunities to come back. Yeah, and then really, besides, I guess, <clears throat> the Broncos that were supposed to be promising before the season, I'd, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, there's really no other team that's in that range. You know, there's the Texans, all those teams that are basically complete teardowns. So right. uh, let's move on to the next game, though. The Dolphins-Bills, you know <sighs> – the the matchup of the two the two uh AFC East teams. I mean, what do you think about this one? The Dolphins literally had the most unexistent, non-existent rushing game possible. I think maybe 30 yards total, 35, 40. They had the most non-existent yards. offense ever. Yeah. Their offense, Jalen Waddle was non-existent until what the last five minutes of the fourth yeah. quarter, something yep. like that. Uh, Tyreek Hill was kind of doing his thing. Tyreek made a few catches, but like I didn't really notice him throughout the game, to be honest. It's not like exactly. he was popping off the screen. It kind of blows your mind that they put up 31. Um, but what what are your thoughts on this game? Josh Allen. My, my thoughts yeah. were that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills did everything that they could to lose this game. And Miami was so bad on offense that they couldn't do it. If yeah. Tua was playing this game and Josh Allen, the Bills played the way they did, they would have lost by 20. They would have gotten absolutely shit kicked. The, the, they, it's unacceptable the way that Josh Allen's been playing the last half of the season, I would say, and no one's talking about it. For some reason, there's this whole, let's protect Josh Allen and his image and and Buffalo any way we can. I, what is this? Why, why isn't he getting the criticism that every other quarterback in the league gets? Mahomes had an off year last year, and he gets ripped. He gets absolutely ripped like he isn't the best quarterback of his generation, which he clearly is. And I'm not even the biggest, like, Mahomes supporter and fan. I think Mahomes deserved the criticism that he got. But that I also have to say Josh Allen deserves the criticism that he isn't getting. I don't understand why no one's talking about the fact, what is he, second in turnovers since, like, week 10, maybe first? Might be first. I think he's got 32 30 or 32 total fumbles and interceptions this year. Like, that's unacceptable. And you're going into you're you're going into a game with Cincinnati here. Joe Burrow does not turn the ball over. I've seen Joe Burrow have a bad game turnover wise once this season. It was against the Pats where he had two miscues with receivers. It rarely happens. They rarely turn the ball over in Cincinnati. And if you're gonna play like if the Bills are gonna play like they did uh, last week against Miami against Cincinnati this week, they're gonna lose by at least two scores. I mean, the whole game, you know, as a whole, it was an interesting watch. So you see the Bills, it looks like they're going to destroy him. Everyone's like, what would you think? 
Next thing you know, 17-point second quarter for the Dolphins. And then it's kind of a back-and-forth little thing. Obviously, the Bills pulled out and <clears throat> pulled it out in the end. But Josh Allen, like you said, a lot of turnovers now. You know, I think something should be said to how, you know, Allen, interesting type of career path starting off first year, first two years maybe until Dable gets to him and kind of controls that offense. His turnovers go way down and he looks like an MVP quarterback. Now Dable leaves his turnover ways start creeping back slowly more and more throughout the season. And Daniel Jones turnover ways decrease to career lows. Yep. So is Dable the quarterback slash turnover whisper, or is this purely Josh Allen adjusting to, you know, a different offense? Is he falling out of fundamentals or is it actually Brian Dable's like complete credit that he turned it around as a QB. And then now that he's gone, he's struggling to kind of find that fundamental edge again. What do you think? I, I I'm pulling up Josh Allen's numbers on pro football reference right now to check it out, to close out the season. He had five picks in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he throws two more last week. So the last four weeks of football, he said seven turnovers. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, he, and he had that fumble for a touchdown in that playoff game, in the playoff mm-hmm. game too. So, no, I, I think it is the Dable thing. I think you're hitting it right on the head. I think Dable's one of the best offensive minds in the league right now. Um, not even in terms of like exotic plays or whatever. He just knows how to play like, and he knows how to coach really high functioning offensive football. It's nothing really flashy. It's nothing. Uh, it's not like Andy Reid where you see all these funky plays. Um, but the guy gets it. He just gets it. He knows his fundamental stuff. Um, and which is a part of the reason I think that the Giants are going to beat Philly this week is because I think they're just going to play smash mouth football and not turn the ball over and, and their defense will get a couple turnovers and that's how they'll win. But to get back to Josh Allen, I think it's definitely uh, a Dable being missing thing. Because as you said, uh, beforehand, a lot of turnovers. He's there. They decreased a lot. And then he leaves. And now we're seeing the turnovers again. So I think you're right. Um, <clears throat> The next game, we can kind of speed through a couple of these so we can touch on the next uh, coming week. But the Giants beat the Vikings 31-24. I think, honestly, we'll talk about the Giants in that next, in that next uh, topic on the Eagles game. But... The Vikings, what do you think's the deal with Kirk Cousins? What do you think's his future? What do you think his future is looking like? So I don't think outside of the last play where he only threw like a three-yard flat route when they needed eight yeah. yards, which was one of the worst plays I've seen all year. Like that was embarrassing. Yeah, that was bad. I don't think Kirk Cousins really did anything in this game to be like, oh man, Kirk Cousins really gave this game away. I don't think he played poorly. I really don't. I think he actually played quite well. Um, but with that being said, it's kind of got like a Jeff Garcia type feel to him. Like he's a good quarterback, but will he ever make that step to be great? No, I think we've seen enough now where he's not that difference making quarterback, but at the same time, I'm not going to act like this completely on him when I've been saying that I don't think the Vikings are that great all year. So, I mean, since the Vikings did what I expected them to do, I'm not going to rip him for not saving that from happening. Cause I think, he is what you and I both and what most people think he is. He's just a good quarterback. He's not great. He's not terrible. He's good. Uh, you know, I agree with everything you said there. One thing that I wanted to mention, though, for a guy like Justin Jefferson, you know, you're having you're in the midst of uh, unbelievable season building a resume that few others in the the history of the league have been able to build. Um, especially this early in your career. Yeah. And you kind of disappeared. Yeah, he didn't but have a good game. TJ Hawkinson was by far and away the main target of that game. Adam Thielen, arguably second most second most yards there. Jefferson averaged six and a half yards a catch, seven catches, 47 yards. I was so convinced he was going to kind of go out there and be like, now I'm on a big stage. Let me prove I'll go for 170, 180 yeah. and prove my value and worth in this league. And he kind of disappointed me. I mean, I don't know if he just got clamped by Adoree Jackson. I did see some stats that said that Adoree Jackson um, locked him up the entire second half and for most of the first half as well. Yeah. But how are you going to let that happen? You know what I mean? If if you're Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson there, 
you know how big of a game this is. You know you might not ever get back. You know that Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily the guy and that you might have to – this game kind of falls on your back offensively at least in this big of a situation. Kind of disappointed me. You know, I had yeah. very high hopes for him. I couldn't – I can't see a guy like – like if we're comparing him to guys like Randy Moss and that, yep. I can't see a guy like Randy Moss kind of disappearing in a game that's this important, first game of the playoffs after that that – explosive of a season in which you won 13 games like disappointed me to not gonna yeah. lie no I, I i agree and part of the reason that i didn't uh put as much blame on kirk cousins for this loss is as you just said it's not like jefferson was getting wide open and kirk wasn't finding him he wasn't there he wasn't open kirk was making do with what he had and um, hawkinson was basically all he had hawkinson was all over it. he was great i thought I thought Thielen had a very good game as well. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Jefferson had to go out there. And when you're this great of a receiver, you get unrealistic expectations put on you. It becomes an expectation that you'll grab a slant from 50 yards and take it to the house. That's what a guy like, how many times have we seen Odell Beckham Jr. do that during his time with the Giants? Just grab a slant and break out to the house and give the Giants a 17-10 lead late in the fourth quarter. And Jefferson didn't do that. How many times did we see – how many big catches did Diggs make this week against Miami? How many big catches did CD make uh, for for Dallas this week? And Jefferson just didn't do that. He he was disappointing this week. Um, So now on to the Bengals-Ravens game. Bengals just sneak out with the win. You know, a lot of of chatter about that game. If Lamar had played – Apparently, people are on the side that the Ravens would have blown him out. I don't think that that would be the case. I do think if Lamar was there, I think they probably do walk away with that win just because, yeah. you know, we all know Lamar is much more uh, of a talented quarterback and leader than Tyler Huntley. But Huntley still held his own. Um, I give him credit. Um, Mark Andrews finally showed up. J.K. Dobbins is proving to be – a really solid back, which is hilarious because I've had him in fantasy the last two years and then he gets hurt. He got hurt and then basically did nothing for me once fantasy football ends and it's playoff time. Playing good football. Great football game. So what do you think? What were your thoughts on this game? So I look at this a little bit differently. Like I think it's embarrassing for the Bills that their game with Miami was as close as it was. I don't think Burrow was great in this game. Um, I think he did his job. But as you just said, Huntley played infinitely better for Baltimore than Skylar Thompson did for Miami. And I think Huntley actually kept them in this game. And had he not fumbled on the one-yard line, we could be having a completely different conversation and a conversation about the Ravens adding Lamar Jackson back for this divisional round game. Um, But, I mean, that's how the NFL works, right? It's it's a a week-by-week league, a play-by-play league, inch-by-inch league. So, I mean... I was more impressed with the Ravens hanging in there than I thought that the Bengals didn't play well and should have uh, put the nail in the coffin, if you will. Um, So I look at this one very much differently than I looked at Buffalo and Miami. Yeah, I think that we're going to be looking at this Ravens team in the future as one of those teams that, at least even for next season, maybe the best defense in the league. And if they do bring Lamar back, just stay to what you're true to. Which they should. Exactly. Which hold, they 100% hold, should. Hold teams at 20 or under points and just have Lamar, Dobbins, and Andrews get you 24 points a yep. game, 27. You don't have to be an offensive powerhouse. Just get you enough points that that defense that's playing unreal um, can win the game with. And um, I honestly, I said that um, – I'm kind of leaning more to the side at the moment that Lamar will be coming back, but I did predict in the last video on the channel that I think that Lamar was going to either get tagged and traded or just sign elsewhere. Now I'm kind of leaning more Ravens because I did hear a report that they're that Lamar is uh, heavily involved in their OC search. So yeah. why else if they weren't going to bring him back? Who knows? No, I don't. I don't see the Ravens not re-signing him. Especially because they just built a whole team around him. They're right. getting close. And I don't I don't think Harbaugh would stick around if Lamar wasn't sticking around as well. Because I don't think 
I don't think he sees any point in staying in Baltimore if Lamar isn't there. Um, so as you, I just think that Baltimore needs like not even a number one receiver. They just need like someone who can actually catch the ball. Cause you have Andrews who's a top three tight end in my opinion, maybe top four. Um, the running game is going to be the running game when you have Lamar. He's going to raise uh, the running backs that are in the backfield with him. You, they need to make serious improvements on the O-line. I don't like their O-line at all. Um, and I also think that they need, like, not even a number one receiver, like a 1B, and then they'll be good to go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're they're getting close and close every year, but falling a little short. So um, for Lamar's their- health is a concern, though. He has been getting hurt a lot. Yes, and I – for the most part, I think it's uh, on that lower body, which yep. is where it's a little interesting. So now to the Cowboys and the Buccaneers game. Cowboys steamroll the Bucks 31-14. Um, what did you think about this game? Dak probably had maybe the best game of his career. Yeah. Um, and the Bucks kind of just shit the bed. Like, they've been doing basically all year. Yeah, I – um. I mean, I probably had unrealistic expectations, but I expected the Bucks to win because I thought it would honestly be more of the Cowboys uh, choking and giving up a win. Uh, but, I mean, as you said, Dak with maybe his best career game. So, I mean, if I'm going to expect them to to blow it, I have to give Dak credit when he goes out there and takes it. So, uh, yeah, credit to Dak, um, Tom and the offense, and the defense. They just looked awful. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that defense was – that Bucks defense, I don't know how many horrible. times. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Wide open receivers, 20 feet of separation. How wide open was CD on that touchdown? That was like, horrible. And that would have been that would have been embarrassing enough if it was like one play that happened like that. There were like three or four plays where guys are crossing over the middle that open. Like, how, yeah. it blew my mind. I think Todd Bowles should stay as a D.C., him as a head coach just does not work. He needs to focus on DC on being a defensive coordinator, and then he is a good addition to any team. Yeah, just yeah. don't be a head. Co- I ha- I hate that too. When when I know it has to do with the pay, but when coaches that move to head coaching role after a DC OC and it doesn't work, and they they go back to DC role works again, then they go back to head coach, it doesn't work again. Like you have to just realize at some point that like. The guy's not a head not coach. A head coach, yeah. yeah. So just stay what you're good at. Don't ruin your reputation when you bounce around too much like that. Then, um, and yeah, and it, it it just it gets me frustrated. But another thing I want to mention. So I give Dak, and you know we've very on the show we've talked about it. Dak Prescott getting, um, I've kind of shit on him in the recent weeks, maybe most of the season even. But um, I'll give him his credit. He played a phenomenal game this week. With that said, um. One of my friends is a huge Cowboys fan, and I was telling him this, and he wanted all the praise for Dak. And listen, I'm giving him credit. He played a great game. Nobody's taking that away from him. I, I just want people to realize that this is a eight-win Bucks team, all right? This is a team that the Panthers almost made the playoffs ahead of, okay? <clears throat> this is a team that did not look impressive maybe outside of one, two weeks all year. Mm-hmm. Most of their wins were last-second Brady comebacks. Yeah, even this, their wins were, like, kind of bullshit. Yeah, they this weren't, team, like, real wins. This team was never good this year. Everyone yeah. wanted them to be good. This team was never good. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me that that I have to bow down to Dak Prescott because he had a really good game against maybe the worst defensive showing showing I've seen in the playoffs in recent history, um, I, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. With that said, if Dak goes out there this week and has a solid, I'm not expecting an amazing game. It's the Niners defense. If he goes out there and has a solid week, I will give him his credit and I will give him his flowers and I will stop hating. But I just, I truly, I don't think that this game means too, too much for Dak. I, you know, a lot happened. Brady had that terrible interception to start the game. And then it just kind of steamrolled from there. And, um, and I don't want to get into it for too much length, but I do want to t- talk about Tom Brady for a second and just be like, listen, like anyone that was expecting Brady and the Bucks to put up 40 points, 35 mm-hmm. points, had not watched the Bucks game yeah, all year. Didn't watch a single Bucks game all year. Exactly. This team was struggling to get first downs all year. Like this isn't any this is the easily the worst running game Brady's ever had in his career. Um, you could tell that there's an issue with the receiving with receiving when Chris Godwin has 10 receptions and he's under a hundred yards. You know, that's so unlike me and my brother were, were saying this while watching the game. 
he looks like not just injured, but like in pain while playing. He, he should retire. Like he should walk away from the game. He, he looks like he's in pain every single play. And I completely agree. And then Julio Jones is the guy that he's that Brady's reaching to. Literally hadn't had a big game once all year. Had a couple touchdowns here and there. Did not oh, have a big now. game. He really sucks. He's he's and he's got to yeah. walk away too. He blows. And, yeah, and then Mike Evans drops a that wide drop open touchdown. touchdown. Was so bad. Like so bad. Like now you're talking about all that. Like <sighs> Russell Cage <laughs> damn near gets paralyzed on a fucking. That was awful. Middle. That I was horrible. They just ruled it a concussion and that he's out of the hospital now, but. Like, it says enough. I mean, Brady's thrown to this guy named Coke Cleft. I mean, Cameron Brate is still in the league. Like, I – and I just want to say it. I don't have the <clears throat> the quarterback pressures in front of me, but this team – or this offensive line failed Brady again. Um, they were at his feet the entire game. The entire game. They went 10 for 18 on third downs. Um. It was it was just one of those games that I had expected to come. That's why I took the Cowboys to win. Mm-hmm. I did think the Bucks would the Bucks defense would have a better outing, and that's why I had the Bucks plus three and a half. But I knew the Cowboys would win purely based off of like if you're gonna match up Micah Parsons, who's maybe the best pass rusher in the entire league right now, and you're gonna put him on a injured and bad offensive line, and Brady, who's you know, he doesn't have a safety blanket like an Edelman anymore. He doesn't have his Gronk. Mike Evans is not even a safety blanket anymore. You know, if Chris Godwin's your safety blanket blanket, and you're getting pressured that fast, it wasn't a good mix. And having watched Tom Brady my entire life and probably 95% of every snap he's taken in his career, it was one of those games where just I chalked it up to a classic, you know, everything was wrong, bad matchup, bad year. Now, with that said, I think Brady should go on and try to go to a team like, and my my list is the Dolphins, one. I think you go to the Dolphins, I think they are immediately a conference championship team um, with that talent. The only thing they're missing out there is a little bit of a running attack, um, which they I need think, a new head coach. I'm so not we, a dis- fan. we disagree on this. I'm We've talked about this before. But you don't like McDaniels. I no. think he's pretty cool. Uh, fuck him. He's a <laughs> Um, did you see the video of him vaping? On yeah, the <laughs> he's a clown. He's such a clown. Like, I saw a clip of that on the the Travis the, Kelsey. Pod. The funniest, the funniest video that I've seen in a, in a while uh, on Instagram was um, someone posted a video of McDaniel at practice, and they captioned it like, "When the dad leaves the stadium, yeah. let the son <laughs> run the team." Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like actually really parts funny. Of like rap music playing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really. Uh, that was great. Um, yeah. So He's still a boom. I, mean, I think I think the Dolphins could be in play for Brady. Um, I also think that the Raiders still very much in play. The Niners, yep. I would kind of rule out at this point. Um, besides a Brock Purdy complete disaster, um, I don't think Brady's gonna end up going there, which kind of hurts to see because I have been on the Brady to the Niners bandwagon for a while now. I think um, the most likely one is Vegas. I think, yeah, I think like, that's what's been, I don't necessarily like want Tom to go to a third team. Cause I think going to a third team is kind of stupid. Like, I don't know. Like when you think about Favre being on the jets, I understand that was like technically it was really his third team in reality, but like people look at it as a second team. Um, like, who wants to think of Brett Favre in a Jets jersey? Like, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean. Like, I don't want Tom to go to the Raiders, and then it doesn't work out there. And then you're like, oh, remember when Brady went to the Raiders? Like, yeah, remember when I, MJ was on the Wizards? It's like, it's like when, uh, who who did that? Was it, uh, did Randy go back to, did Randy go to the Raiders? Randy, like, went back to, like, he went, so he went back to the Vikings at one point. Yeah. And then he was on the the Titans, and he was off the Raiders too. And, and like, didn't or didn't Jerry Rice go to the Raiders? Jerry Rice was on the Raiders, where he was actually good. And then he went oh, to the okay. Seahawks, and yeah. it was like Jerry, like yeah, no, I like, agree. Retired, dude. Like enough's enough. I agree. It's yeah, 
it has to work out or else you really look like an idiot. Basically. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? I'm sure we'll touch on that in an upcoming pod. Um, so, but let's get into the, the divisional round games. <clears throat> oh my God. <clears throat> the Jags are opening up here um, as plus eight and a half point underdog. So eight and a half point underdogs to the chiefs. The chiefs are at home. This is the first game Saturday, four 30. Um, I'm just going to come out and say, I think the chiefs are going to win this game. Yes. I think that, and I've been since the beginning, not the, not the preseason, but I think two or three weeks in, I said this on the pod that the chiefs have all the makings of a team that's going through the early stages of a dynasty with the retooling aspect with the guy like a Jarek McKinnon, who's exactly like a James White of the Patriots with guys like Kelsey. That's like a Gronk equivalent, right? You've got got guys that are just good, solid reception guys, like a Juju Smith that like kind of rely like a Chris Hogan or, or like a, like a Brandon LaFell at some years, you know, there's, there's guys like a Dion branch at certain points. There's guys that make the comparison in my opinion. And I think more than anything, I think it's Andy Reed and Mahomes kind of right. getting on that same wavelength. Right. And now I think it's legitimately a football factory and uh, they could lose a guy like Tyree kill and be maybe better than they were last year, which it seems like they possibly could be with that said, I think the chiefs go out there and I think they take care of business. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I could see them winning by like 10 to 12 points, maybe at most. I, okay. So I think the Jags won't lose by nine. So I'm going to take them with the points. Um, I still think the Chiefs will win. Um, and I could still see it being in like kind of convincing fashion where the Jags go down and cut the lead down late, but the game's like over, like it's already over. Yeah, you score touchdown with like, like a garbage time touchdown. Um, but I I agree that the Chiefs have the makings of what it takes to be a dynasty. At least they're showing the early signs. I just don't see them doing it. I don't think their defense is good enough. Um, I don't think Andy Reid, uh, obviously he's knowledgeable about defense. I don't think he's committed enough to having a great defense as much as he is a great offense, which as we've seen isn't what gets you the wins in the NFL. Obviously the Patriots had Tom Brady, uh, the best football player ever. But, I mean, really, the, the biggest thing there was was Bill's defense. Like, a great defense will keep you competitive every single season. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and also with that is you got Andy Reid and Mahomes, basically your 1A and 1B of that organization on the same side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And what happens when the defense completely right. flutters? That's why I think, like, I never understood this either. It's a completely different combo for a different time. But a guy like D'Amico Ryans or like Dan Quinn, like these DCs that are very heavily touted at the moment, why they want to go for a head coaching job. Like if I were them, I would go to like the Chiefs or I'd go to another team like that and be the DC of that team. Right. You could legitimately win four Super Bowls yeah. in a 10, 15 year span if you build the right thing and you're that talented. So but yeah, continue. No, and I think you make a great point there in saying that Reed and Mahomes are on the same side of the ball. The thing that finally made the Colts with Peyton Manning like a legit like Super Bowl contending team that wins playoff games every single year is that they added Tony Dungy, who was a defensive like mastermind. And so you have Peyton on the offense and then Dungy running the defense. It was like yeah, similar exactly. to Tom and Tom and Bill. So you basically I mean, I, have you basically have that quarterback being your OC in a way. Right. Right. And then you have your coach being the DC. It's uh, exactly. So I, I, I think that's really what it takes. Um, And obviously we haven't been seeing that recently as McVay just won the Super Bowl last year being a, a, um. well, actually that was kind of in an opposite way. You had McVay who was an offensive minded coach, but he also had Aaron Donald, who was what the second best defensive player of all time at this yeah, point. Yeah. So it was kind of like the reverse of that. But I think that's, I think the key to a dynasty is, is what you just said with, with Tom and Bill you have that quarterback, but also the defensive-minded coach. Okay, so then the next game on Saturday, the Saturday night game, Giants-Eagles. This is interesting. So I I know you mentioned that you're on, you're on the Eagles here. Uh, or Sorry, you're on the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I believe the Giants are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. So um, you want to talk on that a little bit? I think they're going to play smash mouth football. And I think the moment's going to be too big for the Eagles. Um, I think that bye week, I think they're the kind of team that would get 
that would get bothered by a bye week. I think it throws off their rhythm and their timing a little bit. Um, obviously, Jalen hasn't been playing a lot of football to close out the year, so he's going to be rusty for that as well. Um, and I just think that Nick Sirianni is an extremely overrated head coach. So I, I think that the Giants have uh, the clear coaching advantage. Um, in a weird way, I I think that they have – uh, some type of an experience advantage on offense because Saquon's been there forever. Uh, Daniel Jones at this point is a veteran quarterback. Like he's been there for a long time starting games and he's playing the best football of his career. He was an absolute freak last week. He looked like Josh Allen light that yeah. didn't turn the ball over last week. So for all those reasons, I'm going to go with the giants. Um, I think they're a grittier, toughier, a uh, tougher, not toughier, uh grimier team than the Eagles. And that's why I think they'll win. Yeah, so I could I could 100% see it happening um, for the sake of my preseason prediction on the Eagles and how much I've been riding them all year. I'm going to say the Eagles are going to win this game. With that said, I do like Giants plus plus seven and a half. I think that's a win. I think that's the easiest bet of the week. Yeah, I think Giants that's a plus seven and a half line. Um, but I also think that we're we're kind of discounting like so the, the Eagles coming off a bye. I, in most cases, I, in my opinion, I'd be like, all right, Eagles off a bye, I don't, it ruins their momentum, whatever. For the Eagles, I think it's a little different because everyone had – they had been suffering the most injuries probably out of any team at this point right. in the stretch. Now, Hurts gets another week. Lane Johnson gets another week. Um, all those injuries that they had, I'm missing one. Um, they get another week, and I think it helps them. Not only doing that, I think it helps them kind of get back into the mojo of earlier in the year when they were kind of all rested and ready to go. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles go out there and establish that, hey, like you all forgot about us at our peak in the season. You're remembering Mm -hmm. us recently. Do you don't remember when we were beating teams by 20 points a game, whatever? Um, I think it's very possible that they do that. But like I said, for the Eagles, uh, for the sake of my bet, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants win. But I'm going Eagles. I think the Eagles win. <clears throat> I think it's probably somewhere around the four, two to four point range. Um, somewhere in that range, I, I would say, is uh, is where I could see the Eagles winning. And we do actually have an Orbeez bet on it. We bet in a couple weeks back on the pod that um, if the Eagles lose the first round of the game or uh, first round of the playoffs, um, the first round that they play in, which would be this week, I get shot by the Orby gun. Um, and then Ben also won one that was me saying, I don't think the Giants can make the playoffs. Giants win the make the playoffs. So once we get back to school, I'll be getting shot. <clears throat> Follow us on all of our social media to see that happen. But this game, I think, might be um, one of the better games of the week. I really can't even say game of the week because this next game, Bengals-Bills, I mean, how could you not say game of the week there? It's going to be an absolute war. It's going to, it's going to exceed the very high expectations that I have for it. It could be the Chiefs Bills of last year. Yeah, it could be this year's version. And no. then if the Bills win again and the Chiefs win, then we could get that again. It right. could be the craziest two week stretch. Um, and then say for example, the Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. I don't think the Giants would be able to keep up with those with that scoring. But one of those three teams make it. And the Bills, Bengals, or the Chiefs from the Super Bowl, we're gonna have another high flying game, most likely. Yep. Um, we're in for a good three weeks left of football, and um, and it's interesting. What do you see happening with this game? I see the Bengals winning. I really do because I said earlier, I think that Josh Allen's obviously his turnovers are becoming a huge issue. Three last week, and at least one of them directly translated to a touchdown. And I think another one, the the Dolphins scored on that drive. So he basically provided two touchdowns off of turnovers. If you turn the ball over three times on Joe Burrow, that's a guaranteed 21 points going the other way, whether it's the defense taking it back themselves or Burrow taking the ball and going down the field himself. So they can't turn the ball over. Um, Joe Burrow is as cool as they come, cool as a cucumber. Um, So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, obviously it's, this really is a pick them, but yeah. I'm going to stand firm on the Bengals winning the game for the reason that you just mentioned that 
it really is a pick em. Um, the books don't think <laughs> think so. Bengals are plus five and a half. I that, don't agree with that. I really don't. That's probably my bet for that game. Um, but who do what do we know? Because these two teams could score a touchdown in literally five seconds. Yep. Um, and you know, that's six points right there. So uh who knows? I'm going I you know, um it's kind of tough. It's really tough. I want to go the Bengals badly. I think that the O-line issue hurts them. But then again, on the other side, if the if the Bills had Von Miller. Uh, if the Bills had Von Miller, I would take them. Exactly. 100%. So it's kind of matches out. You know, they missed their D-line guy. They missed their O-line guy. Um, Interesting situation there. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Bengals plus five and a half. Um, I'm going to go that the Bills are going to win, though. Um, just so we have a little bit of difference there. Okay. And then going into the last game of the week, Cowboys 49ers. The uh, Right now the 49ers are favored by – keep switching on me. <laughs> 49ers are favored by four points. It just moved up. It was three and a half at the beginning of the pod. Um, what do you think? You think it's trending that way? You think it's trending to the Niners taking a bigger win? So I, I'm going to take the Niners because they've been my Super Bowl pick all year. So I'm going to stand, stand pat on that. But I want to take the Cowboys. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I just I I'll acknowledge that I am a sneaky Cowboys fan. I'm not as anti Cowboys as everyone else, and I absolutely love Dak Prescott. Um, so I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I would not mind seeing the Cowboys win the Super Bowl at all. I would honestly kind of prefer it over any other team that's left right now. Um, but I mean, my brain tells me the Niners because, as we said earlier. They're easily the best team on paper in the league, and I think that they have the best coach remaining in the playoffs. Like I would take Shanahan over Reed. Um, I know that might be a hot take to some people, but I think Shanahan's phenomenal at what he does. So I'm gonna, <clears throat> oh my god, I'm gonna agree on that. I think that the Niners are gonna win this game. Um, I think I'm kind of on the edge of. I think that the Niners might blow them out you know i think it's possible i think i really i could i could see that as well like i think Dak's gonna throw two picks in this game yeah and on the other side you know i think it comes back down to is purdy ever gonna have that disappointing game because if it is it's likely to come now right one of the better defenses in the league just star power all over it and you have ball hawks all over it so i mean purdy's gonna really fuck up it's gonna be this week as you just said yeah, and I'm so for that reason I'm not gonna take them minus four. I'm gonna go 49ers money line. I think they win. I think the Cowboys will keep it close though, just off the fact that I think if any week Purdy to struggle, it's gonna be this one. Um, so those are our picks for this uh upcoming divisional week. Um, games play Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, and uh and then we'll have the two conference championship games set up in hopes of phenomenal week there um and then a super bowl on february 12th that will most likely be insane uh with that said we will have a live show um probably one of the coming sundays probably my assuming conference championship sunday night game whatever game that is most likely live show at dicks in hamden and uh potentially for the super bowl we'll see but uh, stay stay tuned. Follow us on all of our social media to find out, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See ya.